0: Well, hey, everybody, and welcome back to Qualified, the place where incredible people share their stories of overcoming great adversity and loss to inspire you and give you hope. I'm Michelle Heaton. Well, if you've listened to other episodes of the show, you know I've interviewed people who have had heavy loss in their lives. You know that I call the podcast Qualified because when my only child passed away at 17 years old, I didn't want counseling from someone who learned about grief from books. I wanted to talk to another parent whose child died. And throughout the years, I've discovered that people who have experienced great loss have much to share from what they went through. They're qualified by their life experience. And you also know that we don't just talk about the gravity and the sadness of loss, but each guest will also share the profound lessons that emerged from the pit as they crawl back into the light of day, eager to help other people who need it. And today's guest is no exception. She's definitely incredible, and she has certainly experienced great adversity and loss. And her story is one right out of the history books. She's a survivor of a mass genocide in Cambodia. The event that claimed two million lives. She's an inspirational speaker and an award winning author of the book, How I Survived the Killing Fields. She's a co host on a weekly live show on Facebook. And she also owns and operates a wellness and coaching business, Smart Healthy Living. Her name is Sarah M., and it is my honor and privilege to have her on the show today. Welcome to Qualified, Sarah.
1: Thank you for having me, Michelle.
0: Of course. Sarah, can you give us a brief explanation of what was happening in Cambodia back in 1975 and how you came to be held captive by the Khmer Rouge? Sure. Yes, um, in
1: 1975, I was away from home for college. That was about 300 miles away from my hometown from my family, I have loving family, my parents and my three younger brothers. They all loved me very much, and I loved them. Yes. But while I was in college, this event took place. The communist Camaros took over Cambodia, mm. and you probably have a chance to watch the movie, The Killing Fields. When they came in in the military style, and it went, and immediately they pursued to evacuate all the people from the city, to to leave everything behind, and they move us, they, they push us to keep going away from the city. So millions of people are displaced all over the country, and I was struggling. Because I want to go home. You know, when anything bad happened to us, we want to be close to our family. Yes. In my case, I can't. There is nothing I can do. They shut down all the bus line, the airplane, and there is no place for me to send the letter or a phone call. So I was miserably separated from my family. Mm. So to make... The long journey, a little shorter, I end up in a forced
0: labor camp. Thank you for providing that background, as hard as it is to hear and even to imagine. So you said you were struggling because you were separated from your family, which in and of itself is bad enough, but can you also describe the environment in that labor camp you were forced to live in? They hold 1,000
1: single men and women. And they push us to work in the right field, in the intense heat of the tropical sun. And for four years, I lived with very really little food, with little sleep, and I contracted several disease. And eventually, when I got too sick to work, they sent me to the infirmary. They, they told me it's the hospital.
0: Mm.
1: But, but when I got there, I realized it's not a normal hospital. It's the place where the sick people wait to die.
0: So, knowing that this infirmary was not a safe place for you in reality, what thoughts were running through your mind at that time?
1: I was trapped. I don't know what to do. I cannot go back to work because I was too sick. And I cannot run away because I don't know where to go and I might get shot. And if I stay, I will accumulate more disease and I cannot survive. So this is when I search inside to see what can I do to survive. All I wanted just to survive survive long enough so that I might have a chance to go back home to my family
0: you said your family was so important to you and the hope of seeing them again was really the one thing that was keeping you alive so tell us about that beautiful memory of your mother and you as a young child that you recalled to memory back then
1: so i remember when i was very young my mom read a story That in that story, show me that there is God. There is God that he knows what's going on. He knows the bad people. He knows the good people. And in that story, God sent his angel to rescue children and women from the hand of a very cruel person. So from then, I already make up my mind. And I said, there is God. That's what I believe. There is God that is bigger than anything. And when when my life is in danger, I remember that God. And at nighttime, quietly, I start to pray
0: and asking God to help me. So in the midst of all this, you began to pray. And things did improve a little, which gave you hope. But then the situation took a turn again. Tell us what happened next.
1: Well, during that one time, after I prayed for for weeks, it's not just one time. One morning when I woke up, very early in the morning before everybody else, I have an extra energy, so I decided to walk out from that infirmary. And I walked back to the workplace, and I met a young team leader who is very kind and compassionate. And she took me in her groove, and she eventually she found me a job in the kitchen. She said, you are too sick to do anything, so you can go and help out in the kitchen. So that is the one action that God, clearly it was God's work, because nobody ever had a, a job working in the kitchen. Everybody was miserable in the rice field. So working in the kitchen, there's so many benefits. I get access to more food and I have opportunity to work in the shade and also less hours. So I have more time to sleep and more time to rest. Gradually, gradually, I feel better and eventually I gain some weight and, and become a little bit healthier. So that's how I survived the first time. From the kitchen, when they saw me look better, feel better, they wouldn't let me stay there. They pulled me out from the kitchen, throw me back into the right sphere again. Mm. So my my health started to decline again, and I keep losing weight. But I endured for four years. Four years in this horrible situation. At the end of four years, they moved the camp. They moved closer to the jungle. So when I saw that, I realized that that's, again, my direction. <laughs> my direction is to go back to my hometown. Mm-hmm. My hometown is not in the in the jungle. So I realized it's the wrong direction. I need to do something. So I feel like God gave me the courage. Give me the courage. To plan an escape.
0: In your book, you give more of the details, but can you just tell us who you were with, how you managed to get away, and then where you ultimately ended up? I
1: I gathered three close friends to attempt a very dangerous escape. And we did it. We did it. In the middle of the night, in the middle of the jungle, very dark. Because we had to do it at nighttime. And you know, jungle, there is no, no electricity. It's black. But God must have directed our path. We walk all night in the, in the jungle. And when the sun rises again in the morning, we realize that we are out of the jungle. And then we keep walking. Keep follow the path that people are walking. So we follow the path, and eventually we saw some people. And we keep asking. I asked them for direction to go to my hometown. So eventually, eventually, some people gave me the good direction. So I just follow the direction, and then we keep walking. It's a long walk, long walk, but um, I end up finding my family eventually.
0: Wow. That is an amazing story of perseverance and strength. And I know you're just summarizing it for us here and that the reality of it was so traumatic. So can you talk specifically about the losses that came as a result of all of this?
1: The greatest loss is the, the time, the freedom. We we don't have any freedom. Yeah. And and we lost everything that we ever owned. And I lost my time with my family. Yeah. That's the precious time. Especially my mom was just recovered from four years of paralysis. She had an accident before I went to college. She had an accident and she became paralyzed. And I was the, the caregiver because mm-hmm. I was the firstborn. So I took care of her for four years four years. but that's maybe that God want, that's what God used the time for us to build the relationship, to build a strong bond together.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's how I, I always remember the love for my family and and I will do anything to survive just to to go back to my family.
0: Those are tremendous losses that most of us can't even fathom. Being held captive, losing four years of your life, your freedom, your possessions, and your family, that is so much loss. So several years later, you write a book about your experience in which you said that you believe your life was spared so that you could help other people. Can you give an example in all the public speaking that you do? Do you know of one or two examples of people that were helped by hearing your story?
1: Yes. One young lady was in my audience when I spoke at the Rotary Club six, seven years ago. And a few months later, I ran into her. I did not recognize her at all through a chamber of commerce event. And she pointed out to me when she, she introduced me herself, she said, Sarah, I wasn't your audience I will not never forget you. You saved my life. I, said, I was shocked. I said, How? Oh, tell me. hmm She said, I have been suicidal all my life. But since I listened to your story and read your book, I'm no longer that way. I have a new life. Now I hold on to this full-time job. I have my own apartment. I'm a new person. Oh, I almost, I almost (laughs) went. Oh, thank you, Lord. a few months ago, one of my friends from church, bought a book and she read, and then she sent to her mom in Pennsylvania who struggled with her chronic illness. Her mom is in her 70s. After reading my book, her mom texted my friend, she said, after reading Sarah's book, knowing how she'd gone through and all the horrible things she experienced, I feel like I can move on. I keep going. I can keep going.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's just wonderful that you were able to help people by telling your story. And it's my hope that you're doing that right now by being a guest on the show. So, Sarah, you know that I always ask my guests to share the important lessons they learned by going through difficult and traumatic times in their lives. So, what can you offer today to someone who's listening, who's hurting, and needs help to keep moving forward?
1: Yes. Some of my life lesson is that, first of all, you have to have purpose in life. The purpose that is bigger than yourself. For me at that time, my purpose was my family. It's beyond me. It's bigger than me. I did did not just want to live for myself. My life is for my family as well. And also the love. The love that that I have in my heart that kept me going. It helped me to endure. When you have love, love is such a strong, powerful feeling that helped you to endure the hardship that you otherwise you wouldn't. So persevering is so important because. I did not give up. I know what I want. I know I want my family. And I keep pursuing. So, perseverance is so important in our life. Never give up. Never think that it's impossible. We'll not be able to do it. You have to have some strong reason why you do it. So, the love and the faith. You know, we have faith. I have faith that I. I believe that something with better will will come up. If you are, if you are struggling to keep going on, think of something that you always wanted. Maybe your family, maybe your career, maybe your business. I don't know what you what you really want to reach, but imagine envision vision that you. You will be able to read. But it required you to keep doing it. If you give up, that's the end. You will not get there. Yeah.
0: yeah. Gotta stay strong. Yeah. Well, Sarah, you wrote an award-winning book called How I Survived the Killing Fields that captures your story. What was your purpose in writing that book? And also, how difficult was it to Re experience all of this past trauma when you were trying to gather the information for the book?
1: Oh, well, thank you for bringing up that book. That's my first open door about my life to the world. And my purpose is to help people to have a better perspective on life. Because if you didn't know about how much I struggle, you probably think that you are the only person who struggles so much. But we all struggle. We all have our own unique story. If we can share and we support each other that way, we can encourage one another. So that's the reason why I wrote my book. Over 30 years, I've I tried to push away more than 30 years. I didn't want to do anything about that. But when the time came, I had to re- try to remember. I I forgot a lot of them because 35 years is a long time. But when something impacts so much, it's not really forgotten. It, it just buries a little bit deeper. Right. Yeah. But once in a while, when I got together with other Cambodians, we talk about our memory. Mm. We talk about our struggle. So we, it kind of helped each other a little bit. But we didn't have that many occasions. When when we got together, we just talked about something else. We yeah. don't want to talk about that.
0: Well, Sarah, it was an honor to speak to you. You shared so many important lessons with us that you learned through your struggles. You reminded us that family is so important and that the love of family is powerful. You talked about perseverance and the need for all of us to keep pressing into our circumstances and not give up if we want to achieve what matters to us in life. And you emphasized the value of faith and the power of prayer, not just when things go wrong, but at all times in our lives, to be grateful and to appreciate what we have. Do you have any other final thoughts to pass along to us today?
1: Well, I just want to encourage everybody that have your purpose, your life purpose. Your life is meaningful and trust in the Lord. He loves you. You know, your faith is very important. If you don't have faith, you cannot go far. Just knowing that the storm come and go, it doesn't lingering around too long. So just remember that way. Because I live in Florida. We have a lot of hurricanes. But we're still alive. A lot of us are alive. It's only come one time and then it disappears. So if we think about our life situation that way, we will be okay. The hard times will passed.
0: <laughs> That's encouraging. Thank you, Sarah. So I want to mention that in addition to your book, you also have a website where we can learn more about the coaching and speaking you do. So I'll link all that in the show notes for our listeners.
1: I also did counseling to my service just recently. I realized that people need some help may anybody money would like to reach out. You can read my book. You can ask me to help you, being a coach or guide
0: you. And I also have a podcast. So so appreciate that. Sarah, I just want to thank you so much for being here today. You inspired me. And I know that you helped so many other people listening. So thank you so much for being here.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you, Michelle.
0: You're welcome. So for those of you listening, I hope you were inspired by Sarah's story. In the middle of traumatic loss, it seems so hard to just put one foot in front of the other every day. You may be feeling that way right now, and it may feel like the sun will never shine again, but it will. And like Sarah said, it's a choice. No matter what you're going through, you can persevere and find joy again in life. And remember, one day you too will be able to help someone else with the lessons you learned from your loss. Thanks for listening.